Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about season three, episode 12, Sins of the Father. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. How, Trey drama. So much drama. Yeah. Yeah. This one was just kind of okay for me. Okay. Compared to Kindred Spirits. It, it was like a 50 compared to Kindred Spirits. <laughs> yeah. That was so... Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. So I kind of, I felt like we were getting back on track a little bit, especially yeah. after the hiatus and, yeah. and, and, and some stuff. So it's, I, I don't think it's up to the level that Sleepy Hollow should be at, though. No. Still had no. a lot of prob- problems. But I mean, I still love the show. I don't do get too. me wrong. So. I just, it, it didn't. Meh. And I, I'm almost to the point where, like, I know that the Daddy Crane stuff is going to be interesting. But it's almost like we've got too much going on because, like we've said before, they do not handle a large cast very well. They really don't. I think that's their biggest problem. Yeah, that's their biggest hurdle. They yeah. don't know how to write for an ensemble. And we just cast. keep chucking people in here. Yeah. So. And here's a part for you. And yeah, here's exactly. a part for you. Yeah. So, uh, I do have some feedback from last week. Okay. Um. First thing I want to say is. I want to apologize to all of our listeners. Bless your heart. I have failed you. You yeah. trusted me. You and trusted I failed me. you. I got um, several emails and links about the um, symbol that I apparently failed to find. Yeah. Oh, my God. I After that aired and it, it just, okay, oh, here's a link and here's a link and here's, <laughs> it's, okay, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Um... I did include some of those links in our show notes. Okay. So I won't discuss it a whole lot. Okay. But it is a Norse symbol. There's talk about it in the feedback, so we'll yeah, get to that. Yeah. But it's a Norse symbol called Odal or mm-hmm. Odal mm-hmm. or however you pronounce it. So we'll get there. At least it's not Odin. No. Not fucking but it's Norse. Table. And I'm like, really Norse? We yeah. need that. Because we got Sumerian. Let's we got throw Egyptian, in more cultures. So let's throw in some Norse because, yeah. you know. That totally jives. Well, like before, we talked about how we, we, uh, we've done Twistery. Yeah. Now we're doing Twistology. We really are. And it makes my head hurt a My little brain bit. is killing me. Because I don't think we're being really uh, uh, really great about it. So, uh, so some of the feedback we got uh, from last week's episode, uh, Kim tweeted us. Uh, she says, you forgot the best part of Ichabod cooking. He knows how to actually cook. This means the sad lasagna cooking scene from the other episode was shown to contrast. Meal with Abby means something worth doing. Meal without Abby was for sustenance and nothing else. Yep. Sad lasagna equals sad Ichabod. Uh, and I believe the sad sandwich confirmed that. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Darla wrote in to us. She sent me a link. <clears throat> To uh, she said, here's uh, a bit of meta regarding that symbol Abby drew on the table. Uh, it's a link to a Tumblr page, oh, cool. um, which I'm gonna read to it, read about it. But I wanted I'm gonna link to it anyway. Okay. If somebody wants to go and follow this person who did the meta, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Um, it's the head and the kin. Okay. With hyphens dot dot com. But anyway, there's a link. Uh, they say it's an odal rune. Okay. Assuming it isn't being used for its association with Nazism, although the version with the, quote, feet, end quote, most definitely is usually seen in that context in the image that popped into my head, don't do it, show, don't do it. 
it basically means an inherited estate. So is this stone fortress thing Abby's inheritance? Is the realm is it the realm that it's in? Pandora talked about Abby having rights by lineage. Though I was think when they talked about that, I was thinking her lineage as a witness. Yeah, and as a witch because that seems to be an inherited the whole grace deal and sure. we've, we've already we've made it very clear that her uh, lineage is important. Right. Uh, this person goes on to like I don't know who this person is, but this person goes on to say. Plus, I bet all of the writing on the walls in the passage that we see is runic. Only Ichabod confirmed for us it was Sumerian. Yeah. Or a Sumerian dialect. Yes. So it was not necessarily runic. De Neth well, it depends on how you define the word rune. Yeah. Uh, not Norse runes, at least according to what Ichabod said, if we're to take his right. word for that. Sure. Uh, which se Okay, which seems to imply the mythology we're diving into is going to be heavily Norse. <laughs> we could hope. Um, they've name dropped... What's the name of the tree? Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. And the saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this an abandoned vulvang? Is Abba Freya? Or at least a vulva, meaning wand carrier. Mm. And prototype Abby definitely has a wand on Crane's tablet. That's true. If Abby is a vulva, is Crane a shaman too? In all caps, they put don't mess this up show. Um... Well, a wand carrier, you think about, she has the gun. Yeah. Okay, remind me, I have a thought about what she says to the rune at the very end. Okay. And how that might fit I have in. thoughts about the rune, too. So I, have a I, ha I had a brainwave just thinking about that. Yeah, when I, during my rewatch, I had another thought about that rune, which is why I didn't dig so much into the symbolism of it. Yeah. Um, but Deb Darla, Deborah, I apologize. Darla... Words. Sorry. Uh, also sent me a link to an article about the moonlighting curse. Because you and I discuss the moonlighting curse regularly. We have. And you read it to me. Um, it, we were going somewhere in the car. Um, we I were. I don't remember where we were going. Really? I don't I think you were driving oh, me home from work. I think I was. Um, and it was it was really interesting because it boils down to the fact that it's like, no, that's just lazy writing. It's Yeah, that and it's a self-serving <laughs> Uh, prophecy prophecy it's yeah. shitty lazy writing that basically means you're not fleshing out your couples well enough correct it's a very long article so i'm not going to read it but i am putting a link to it in the show notes and i appreciate you sending that because that was a very interesting read and it was really cool because one of the one of the couples they bring uh as an example of how to do it right are ben and leslie from parks and rec and you're reading it to me and i was like because i know you haven't made it that far in the series yet but i was like oh my god yes Yes, that's great. That didn't bother me in the least. Exactly. This is why, because they were mm -hmm. well-rounded characters. Right. So, yeah. Um, and I got another link to the rune from <laughs> Tiger's Rule for Life. Is that? Mm -mm. That's not our tiger. No, no, no. I know that's not our tiger. This, I'm is that Joy? Oh, I think it is. Okay. Because they didn't, s usually she signs her name to it. Yeah. But I, I couldn't is remember. Is that Joy? Joy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think this is the Norse symbol Tony is talking about. Did I spell her name correctly? Tony actually spells her name with a Y, for the record. Yeah. Since you asked. Yeah. Normally, I wouldn't say anything, but you asked. Yeah. So, there's another And link. that's sweet of you to want to be proper. And we appreciate that. So, there's that email. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> two people. I, I'm so, I felt so bad. Sorry. I literally drew the rune. Put it took in a, a picture. Search. Put it, Google's the one who failed you, not me. Yeah. 
So plus, you were just not even in the realm of Norse anything. As I mean, I never even considered Norse. How dare I? Uh, okay. Uh, so here's the uh, Tony section. Okay. Of our feedback. Uh, good morning from the West Coast. Hello. So great show yesterday. Um, this was. This was on Monday, the twenty second. Okay, so this was pre. Mm-hmm, this is pre. Okay. Uh, I especially found Joe's comments entertaining. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment in regards, regards to the tablet crane brought back from Scotland in the episode Whispers in the Dark. I don't think he deciphered the whole tablet, but if so, then yes, he would know everything in it regards to its meaning. Did you notice Ichabod's strange, strange expression when Abby said, and I quote, especially if that thing means what I think it does, that we will become agents of destruction? Crane immediately looks down at the tablet and then back at her with the weirdest look. In my opinion, I feel that Crane knows more about what's going on that tablet and he's holding back telling her what the true meaning is. He's not stupid. He knows what would happen if he told Abby after just getting back to town, oh, by the way, we're soulmates and we're supposed to get married. (laughs) Can you imagine the look on Abby's face? She would run straight for the exit door and you know it. What's hilarious is that Crane made himself right at home and hasn't made the slightest attempt to move out. So just a thought. <laughs> um, I understand where you're coming from. I really still don't think there's anything on that tablet, though. Yeah. I don't know. They have it's disappeared from the show. Yeah, like they're some, not good like with George stuff Wa- like that. Like George Washington's Bible has disappeared from the show. That's a good good point. It was and so integral, ignored and for like half a season, and then it was just. So I have the feeling that that tablet's just gone from the show. Yeah, we'll never see it again. And and that's the thing though. Like I, I jokingly was like, "Oh my god, Tony, you need to go right for Sleepy Hollow." But no, no, really, because they tend like as deep as Tony gets. I I just I suspect in a lot of cases sometimes Tony's meta has meta. Yeah, I think Tony's going way deeper than the writers do, and I and and it's right to me. That's yeah, that's the thing that that we've I got really fans that are that are going deeper than the writers are because they are not like we've said they are not good at world building. No, they're really not, and they tend to forget this kind of stuff. Let's. That, I think they were bullied in doing the Kindred episode. To to be quite honest, well, I think the. Hey, I'm one of the fans that bullied them into that. So I, I kind of got what I asked for. But, but I mean, like, they do. They forget about stuff. They do. Um, well, and I understand that this particular season, they were trying to get away from some of the stuff they did in season two, but I think they've gone too far. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so just a thought. Now getting back to what I said was a Norse symbol and what Abby drew in the blood is called an odal. Yeah, I um, kind of <laughs> know that now. Uh, I also think that the one on the building could mean Shadow Hunter, except it's not upside down, and the Shadow Hunter symbol, although resembles an odal, is upside down. So the person who pointed that out may be onto something. Both symbols are the sa- same, except Shadow Hunter symbol legs angle upwards on either side, and it's also upside down. Okay, the Norse symbol, which is called an odal, doesn't. The odal represents royal bloodlines, noblemen, prince, and social status, and a vast inheritance of land, among other things. I went online this morning, and I saw an older rune that was completely identical to the Shadowhunter rune facing the same direction. All in all, what does this mean? Who the fuck knows at this point, especially with this show? <laughs> Amen. Amen, yeah. You're constantly all over the place trying to figure this shit out. I'd rather search for clues in a highlights book. Remember those? <laughs> Anyways, I will try and gather more info on these runes and get back to you. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm all about 
research. Um, oh, and then here's the follow-up email to that email four hours later. Uh, hey, you guys, here's a website about runes. Just cool. type in blah, blah, blah. There's a, I'll put a link to in the show notes. Awesome. This should give you an idea what this Norse symbol means. Don't be confused if you see Odal being used as the same thing. So an Odal or an Athala. Okay. Uh, from what I read, it sounds like it has something to do with one's journey and ancestors as well as healing. Basically, it sounds like enlightenment. There are other meanings as well as ancestral lands, lineage, noblemen, and heritage, etc. And that your home, material wealth, family, and destiny are now yours to enjoy. I don't want to seem giddy, but hopefully this means something good for Ica, Abby. God, I hope so. Is that a pre one or a post one? This is a post. This is a pre one. Oh. If it's printed, it's pre. Oh. Oh, yeah, because you. Because I print them. At work. During the week at work. Um, this one's kind of long, but I think it's kind of important. Okay. It's Mills Family Theory. It's pretty long, but okay. I really feel like it's important. All right. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go on a limb here and go back to what I previously stated about who and what Abby is. I thought goddess at first, especially with her going into that tree and surviving it. Not to mention the hints from Pandora suggesting she knew them long ago. I don't know everything is crypt. I don't know everything is cryptic with the show. Seriously. So maybe Abby is or maybe isn't a goddess, but I still think she's immortal. It's also possible that maybe well, immortal in like a a, a, a reincarnated kind of way. Oh, okay. Okay. That's that's my insertion into this. Okay. Because the first time I read this, I was like, what? She's lived only she's only like in her 30s yeah or how old is abby she's gotta be in her i think we said um she was late 20s actually okay anyway um it's also possible that maybe just maybe her absorbing that shard is starting to awaken who she really is henry parish had a tendency to taunt abby as though he knew who she really was i need to know what was up with that comment he made in regards to abby about always a predator that one what kind of hell of comment was that? Then you have Pandora calling her a despicable creature. And not just that, but what her going off about Abby being her superior to her. This points to a past life. And obviously Pandora is threatened by her. Mm. Is it because Pandora is mortal and Abby is not? Pandora's like mortal adjacent. Well, yes. But she was elevated. That's true. So one. she could have had, she just She's had a long like a life. straight up. Right born that way or whatever okay once again going back to season one abby talks of waking up in the woods after four days now i don't know about you but if they were unconscious for four days straight wouldn't they be dead uh they, they both... were nourished by the moloch <laughs> <laughs> they both had on short skirts and it looked like the fall season mm -hmm. she tells crane that this happened back in high school however looking at an article kept by august corbin it states that the girls are ages 10 and 11 yeah this can't be right we've discussed me. this before yeah and it was the it was the article um that jenny had on her uh wall in blood moon yeah because you, you took a site. screenshot I of that a screenshot yeah. of it um, and we discussed that at length because it does it fucks up the entire timeline. oh the whole timeline is screwed uh, this can't be right and not just that but what about some of the other information pointing to nine bodies all of the ages of 14 were found in a field keeping with the shadow hunter theory they are supernatural beings born from an angel of God mating with an earthly woman these are the children of the fallen Nephilim where did we get nine from the shadow hunter thing because mm -hmm. there were nine sacred sites that they yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. 
Uh, the shadow hunter theory is from another person who wrote okay. to us. Um, Nephilim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these angels took earthly women they found to be beautiful as their wives. They taught these women how to do magic. I'm wondering if Ezra Mills is an angel who married Lori and in doing so caused her to see things she shouldn't. And that's what made her go crazy. I'm thinking perhaps Abby got her powers from Papa Mills and maybe the witness line runs on Lori's side of the family. That could be interesting because we so still don't know. Witness plus witness more. from mom's side and then something else from daddy's side. Well, witness and witch from mom's side. True. Abby could just be a hot well, mess not true, supernatural but business. She, well, she is. Yeah. Not could be. I think she is. Yeah. Because <laughs> we are delving very, very much into her lineage. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking perhaps our Abby got... Oh, wait. No, I read that. That's the case. It would explain the reasoning behind Papa Mill's absence. Maybe he didn't want to draw attention to Abby. Abby is already a badass, but she would be an even bigger badass if this turns out to be true. It is also possible that Lori was a shadow hunter as well. I don't know. We already believe Lori's line is they were witches. Yeah. Uh, there is info which witch, shadow hunter... Depends on your definition. This is, there is info about different shadow hunter tattoos and its meanings. They are trained when they're young and sent to watch over and fight between the ages of 10 and 12. This puts Abby and Jenny in the right age bracket. If we're going off what the article states about the sisters being between ages 10 and 11. Took a long time for it to get to a point. Okay. But there it is. But there was good stuff in there. Yes. That's, that's why I said this is long, but. It's good stuff. You get there. Uh, especially since Henry says to Crane that Abby was sent, but she was not strong enough. This clearly points to Abby being relatively young for this mission. There seems to be some controversy over whether or not shadow hunters are part angel or whether they just get their power from the angel Razael. Ooh. All right. They're also referred to as demons sent down to defeat the, defeat the, they are also referred to as demons sent down to defeat the evil demons. Okay. Once again, going back to season one, August says in recording the demon was sent to raise the horseman. Now that could mean Moloch or maybe it meant Abby, but not in a bad way. We all know that in the supernatural world, there's always that balance and order of things. Maybe when she arrived, Moloch and others descended upon the earth and they were to be slain, but it didn't happen because Abby lied and she said she didn't see anything in the woods that day. I think the show had Abby dress up as Beyonce as a distraction while having the necklace she was wearing that said Queen Bee point to a foreshadowing with foreshadowing with about her character. Mm, that'd be interesting. Maybe she was beset in her past life or is the show saying that Abby's an actual queen and Ichabod is her king or knight? I think maybe she was just dressing up for Halloween. Again, I don't know that the show goes that deep. Yeah. Um, they have been playing a lot of chess lately. By the way, I decided to take the word Napalutu, in which Pandora referred to Abby and Crane, and it, and looked it up instead as Nabalutu. But you have to look it up separately. Naba means prophet or to prophecy, and Lutu means Egyptians. I figured that maybe it was pronounced wrong, or maybe the show was trying to throw the audience off. I tried looking for it under several other things that I don't even want to begin to pronounce. Oh, Akkadian, Babylonian, Sumerian, and Semitic. Damn. You won't find much as far as Sumerian because from what I read, there's a mixture of different dialects from different backgrounds, which is why there really isn't a concrete language. Then with the Semitic language, you have a mixture of Arabic, Aramaic, Akkadian, Hebrew, and Phoenician, as well as Ethiopian. Holy poop. 
I said all of those words. You did. Like, I'm very proud of you. Whew. I'll make you a drink later. Thank you. Uh, so you can understand the frustration trying to look up this word, thinking it's Sumerian when it's not. Trust me, I know. I've yeah. tried. Hope you found this last bit informative. So. Wow. I told it was long, but that's good. But stuff. there was a lot of good stuff in there. Tony's research Tony, sometimes blows, blows me away. Um, and she took somebody else's theory and yeah. just ran with it. Ran with it, and I really appreciate that. That's pretty awesome. I wanted yeah. to share that with everybody. That's really cool. So then we come to, and I will say oh. I forgot we forgot to talk about what Joe sent us. Um, he said we didn't have to talk about it on the show. Um, it was a couple weeks ago. It was the poem he sent us. Did you want to go ahead and do that, or did you not want to wait for that? I just wanted to say that I liked it. Oh, oh, you're acknowledging it. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think because I, I, it was one of those things where I kind of think I thought I responded in my head, but I didn't. Oh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm. I'm not I holding, didn't say anything. I, we're holding on to it. Okay, but I just wanted to let him know that that we did get it. It was very beautiful. But we're, but we're holding it for a special, a very special time. That we think we're that holding you know, out hope. That we think that you know when we're holding it for. But I did we're want to acknowledge it, and then yes. it made me happy. I loved it. I know. Um, <laughs> speaking of Joe, here's Joe's email okay. from last week. His subject line is "Okay, you convinced me. Crack it is." I love this, by the way. Uh, ladies, there was everything they needed to truly create a memorable story. Instead, they portray a pitiable lost soul as a sociopath. Ichabod as a caricature of the worst version of himself, useless recriminations and comments from Sophie, Abby as a hypocrite, she scolded Jenny for not telling them about the stone, now she oh, hides yeah, drawing yeah. symbols. Yeah. They remained consistent with Daniel, he'll do anything not to piss off his boss by losing the quote asset, I wonder if he's already picked out a new map to own. Uh, I did have a moment of epiphany. It only took me 11 episodes. The theme, of the, se- the theme of the season has been sacrifice. Granger for Abby. Abby for Jenny. Abby crushing the stone when it may have been her way out. The chess theme throughout, etc. Yeah, I, and I really, I really like how, because we've all noticed that they've really hit the chess part really hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the whole sacrifice thing because they have talked about Sometimes you have to make the hard choice the hard choices, to, win, yeah. to, to win. Well, and we so, were talking about Abby was going to have to make the hard choice between the witness life and the FBI mm-hmm. life. And that one, whoosh, yeah, straight out the window. Uh, Joe goes on to say, I was thinking about who is set up to be the sacrificial lambs. Pandora in her current state and Daniel when he finally learns the truth. I think he will take a bullet for Abby. Oh, please. Although it would be more of a sacrifice if he took it for Ichabod. That'd be good, too. If it could just really just get him out of the way because he bothers me and bores me. We now know Abby and Ichabod were not alone in being unable to destroy the head of death. Yeah, nobody was able I to... I totally forgot about that. Even the hidden one wasn't able to blow it up. I, the way it bounced was just... <laughs> I still... Gives me the giggles. Uh, like he says, I wonder where it will end up next. Queenie, did you say you wanted Corbin back, right? I did say that, and I will even take creepy zombie Corbin. But then I'm afraid that he wouldn't have his head if he came back because of the head. Well, his head was chopped off back in episode one, I season know, one. Then we couldn't use the same actor. Um, and that's who I want. Because um, I like him. Um, oh. 
Joseph. But yes, I will take I will take him back if I can. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Joe. So okay, but see now I'm curious uh, now instead of wondering where the kindred is, I'm gonna be wondering where head death's head is. There you go. It's very important to me. It's in the river. Poor Sleeping. Abraham. <laughs> oh, is he back in the river? <laughs> yeah, Crap. Over a bridge. Crap. <laughs> like, Poor death. He's probably trying to claw his way out using his teeth. <laughs> That's a mental image. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Joe says there's a comic book parallel to the Puddle Vision Cerebro. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I loved this bit. If you could think about someone, flick the water, and they explode, who needs an army of demons? That's a good point. On a positive note, at least the Kendris was not dressed in an exposed corset. That's true, because I would have bitched about that <laughs> a lot. A like, lot. so much. Uh, Joe. Uh... Postscript, how in the Sam hell did the hidden one know about the kindred? Did anybody ship this? The hidden one and kindred. No, I don't ship that. I don't, because, and the reason is, I don't ship anybody with the, with the hidden one because he's a jack wagon. I hate him so much. I, I'm trying, but I can't. That's, and that's rare for you can't do well the thing is i don't know that they ever actually met because abby and ichabod created the kindred yeah and he was so if they've like never actually met then i don't know that i could ship it yeah hmm but i do like joe's comment about what they did to the kindred turning him into a sociopath like that that's what i think felt put that episode off on a wrong foot for me mm-hmm. so he was, was suddenly bad suddenly he was evil and he's yeah. like just murdering folk and i'm like what the fuck happened well you know when you ignore them for so long that's but true. then it wasn't Abby and Ichabod who ignored him. It was the writers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joe's last question is, did I miss the Springer episode where he hooked up all undead coffin dwellers? <laughs> I my, my DVR apparently missed that episode. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm glad we got a cracky email to go with the cracky episode because it was, it was, it was crack. It was perfect. So that's all the feedback I have the, from the, last week. The pre-back? That's all the pre-back I have. Okay, cool. All right, so are you ready for writer and director? Uh, let's go. Um, I thought this was interesting that based on a lot of what Tony said and this theme of family, our director was Wendy Stanzler, who also directed the Mama episode. Mm. Very interesting. Um, and Wendy also directed the Welcome Back Jim Gordon episode of Gotham. <gasps> That was not a very good episode. I remember not liking that episode. It was the guy, it was the post Arkham one, so we were on an Arkham hangover. Because it was, but it, well, it was also the episode where he had been shot. Yeah. And he came back completely healed two episodes later. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I that's think. not Wendy's fault. That's the writer's fault. That's true. That's true. Um, it was written by one Mr. Damien Kindler. But I like Damien Kindler. I know. He wrote Lesser Key of Solomon, Sanctuary, Indispensable Man, Go Where I Send Thee, Mama, What Lies Beneath, Man. and Blood and Fear. Damn. See, I usually like his stuff. I know. And this one was just kind of lukewarm for me. Yeah. I think they're just, I think they, I feel like they've lost their focus. I do too. Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I did want to make a comment before we go on about the moonlighting thing, um, because I found that really, really interesting. um, And I'm really glad somebody linked you to that. Um, The whole, you know, writers only screw it up because they're lazy writers and they're not, true to their characters i'm kind of worried that even if we do get ick abby and we do get a miraculous season four that they'll just fuck it up 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, not so much that the pairing itself will be fucked, but that they will. That Well, the show. I mean, come on. Have you seen this show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we start off, and it's boring-ass villain time, and it is the <sighs> hidden one waking up in his <sighs> plush bed, which, I'm sorry, we can, su- we can summon silk sheets for ourselves? Apparently so. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, I fucking hate you. Have you ever actually tried to sleep on silk sheets, though? You slide the whole time. <laughs> there is no fun in that. <laughs> well, you know, apparently if you're a god, then it's okay. Well, okay. Um, and so he wakes up and um, Pandora's uh, not in bed. She's watching Puddle Vision. And she's totally bummed about losing her power. And it's boring. And... um. He's like, my strength grows every day. Because she bitches about, she's like, she's like, oh, I used to be able to feel okay, the elements. Okay, but wait. <laughs> Two episodes ago, she gave her powers willingly. Yeah. Last episode, she was being a whiny bitch baby about it. Yeah. And so here again, she's okay with it? Yeah, and this whole, like, this whole sequence just confused me because... What he does is he's like, oh, um, my strength grows every day and I'm going to give you a gift. Which, first of all, if your strength grows every day, you're a fucking god. Can't you just wait until you can wipe the earth clean? Like, Pandora's been waiting for 4,000 years for your dumb ass. Just no patience. Freedom. No patience. But anyway, and so he's going to give her a gift. He's going to give her some of her power back, but he only gives her like a taste of it. And when she mentions it, he's a douche about it. She's like, you only gave me a fraction of Because he's a douche. He is. He's a horrible person. And I'm like, are y'all just going to trade power back and forth? Yes. Because it's, to me, there's like a finite supply of power. It's like they're sharing a piece of gum. <laughs> and there's only one piece of gum. There's only so much gum. And so that really bothered me. Uh, like, if he's gaining strength, then where's it coming from? Because he's not snacking Well, he's got enough stuff. strength to... Um, no, they, they tell you where he's getting his strength from. Do, is it the monsters? Yeah. Because yeah, he says summoning one creature at a time to feed him, and he's—they haven't actually shown any of the monsters. I know to them they yet. haven't, and but see, before we, they, you know, they did the map and they had the little droplets all mm-hmm. over it because we were trying to figure out exactly how Joe and Jenny figured whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to go back yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, all these demons are coming to Sleepy Hollow. Well, where are they going? We've never seen them. That's what bothers me, though. They've if never had- shown it. They explained it in a line of dialogue that um, that he's summoning these one creatures at a time yeah. isn't enhancing his powers fast enough right he what he says drops of rain they're not giving him enough num nums basically so at least now we know where they're going well but that's the thing though like they summoned the kindred to lead their army not for snackies see i don't know so again world building crap i get so frustrated with the show on stuff like hidden this. one crap like the stuff with Ichabod and Abby's characters, I'm totally on board with, but it's it's all this bigger world stuff that just pisses me. It's like the magic all over again. There's no rules. Yeah. No rules. Um just right. Wait, what? <laughs> it's been a while since we've done that. And so basically, um, if he's gotta suffer, she has to suffer with him, which, you know, is really all about the perfect kind of marriage. They're just Yeah, this is the man I'd wait four thousand years for and go through all this trouble to raise him back from the dead. Yeah, they're completely well adjusted and a great couple. And I who was it? Um somebody who gave us feedback who's like, Yeah, now you hear my love and you just cringe. Oh yeah. It means it's a shitty relationship. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. It will never be the same to me again. Um and so we go But you know what? Mm-hmm. I bet the hidden one's afraid of horses. He is afraid of horses. That's just that's canon. That, I've just decided that that's, that's an okay. inside joke. Yeah. I apologize. But it's okay. Um, so we go to Nevin's and uh, 
he's running through the backlit woods and <laughs> he's running in this little crouch. I thought it was he, like Gollum or something he at looks first. Rough. Um, and he's stopped by a cop, and the cop calls it in because he's like, "Oh, your FBI's most wanted." Da, da, da. And he talks, so is he a sheriff like from the sheriff's department? I think so because he's in uniform. He's not FBI. Yeah, he's not FBI. Um, and so he taunts he taunts him, um, talking about catching him and all this good stuff until until some kind of a animal demon beast monster thing attacks and <laughs> cop is dead. Okay, but D- the cop E-D tells dead. him. Okay, so you've got FBI's most wanted. Yeah, and he tells him to stay put. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Both of us were like, "Really, really, cop? Is that protocol?" I'm pretty sure that's not protocol. No. Um, so we go to the best scene of the entire fucking episode. So it transitions from the cops screaming to Ichabod singing? Shouting opera. And oh my god. I'm just, I'm happy. It's the only way you can do opera though. Yeah. And so Icky is um, singing opera and cooking Abby this beautiful meal. Happy crane equals good cooking. Yes. I love this because this this proves it. Well, we have more domestic house husband stuff when he's happy going on and so he he's lighting candles and he's got wine for her and it's fucking beautiful um and so you know this just goes like we said this goes into um he can cook when he's not depressed um and abby comes home and um she tells Ichabod, she's like you're gonna have to stop spoiling me and he's basically like never and um because <laughs> he's trying to like kind of bolster her after her time in the catacombs can I just say that sometimes your recaps are just the best part of what we do? Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go on. And um, so it turns out that they uh, that after dinner, they're set for a double date with uh, Jenny and Joe to see the movie E.T. And it's really funny because he's like, oh, it's supposedly about a diminutive being who gets trapped within. And he's looking at Abby and he's like, oh, shit. Maybe, maybe we It's E.T. Yeah. My God, who hasn't seen E.T.? But she's a diminutive being that was trapped in another world away from well, home. Yeah, I know. Which that's, but still, who hasn't seen E.T.? Yeah. Well, we're just, it was, e. it was honestly just a way to make a joke about Nicole's oh, height. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, yeah, there's that. It was. Um, and so... <laughs> Somebody's an E.T. fan. Yeah. And so she just wants to go back to the gun range, which is not the appropriate response when Ichabod wants to give you a candlelit dinner. Just just saying. So can we discuss... Well, actually, we ha- whether we have to discuss this dinner, because Darla yeah. and I were discussing this on okay. Twitter uh, yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday. Sounds about we, right. We were discussing this scene. Um, about the wine. Yeah. And so oh, I told yeah, yeah. her, I, I, I told that. her, I said, I will rewatch when I rewatch it. I'm going to pay attention and see if, if, see if I see what you see. Mm-hmm. Well, I can actually take it a step further. Okay. Because Darla was saying, uh, there were two bottles of wine on the table. How much wine was Ichabod expecting for them to drink with their meal? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he was just getting her drunk. <laughs> That's my words, not hers. Um, so I was paying attention to it. Well, he opens a bottle of wine right before she gets home. Right. He finishes cooking. Right. He opens a bottle of wine. Right. And he takes a sip because he's like, oh, like a job well done. Salud, he takes yeah. a sip. Abby walks in the door. He's opening another bottle of wine. Oh, my God. When, he walks in the, when she walks in the door. Was he working up courage So to did say he something? already drink a whole bottle of wine while he was cooking or is this a continuity error? Or did he cook with it? If he's drinking it, he did not cook with it. No, he could be. You don't waste good wine like that. Yeah, but if you don't need a whole bottle for your recipe, you want to be able to drink it. Just shh. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
Oh, you're not helping. Me. I'm not. Damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was like he was finished cooking. That, see, that's what yeah. I got. He cooked. Yeah. And then opened the wine. Yeah. She gets home. He opens a second bottle of wine. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, did he drink? Did he drink the whole bottle? Or is it a continuity error? But we don't know. Yeah. Um, did they just decide to film him opening a bottle here, opening a bottle? He just, just Tom just opened it. a lot of bottles of wine yeah. and the editing was bad. Yeah. But there are two bottles of wine on the table. Mm-hmm. Darla was right. There are two bottles. Now, my thought is surely the props department did not mistakenly leave two bottles of wine on the bottle, on the table. Surely. That, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did not. cross-checked by like a bajillion other people. So... Was one of the bottles on the table already empty and he was opening a second bottle? Or was he planning on opening a third bottle of wine? Maybe he was getting liquid courage to say something. Could be. I mean, but it's like they obviously had Tom open more than one bottle. So was it a props issue? Someone forgot to move a bottle? Mm-hmm. Are we to believe that they actually drink that much? Now, we know that they like to drink. Yes. They enjoy the adult beverages. They do. But I got to a count of three bottles of wine. Okay. Two at the two at best. Yeah. Three at worst. Yeah. Now you and I can go through one bottle of wine. Yes. Very easily. During the session of a podcast. We can and we have. Fairly quickly. Yeah. Um It's a long podcast though. It's true. Two bottles would be pushing it if you have to drive home after. Or if I have to drive home after. Yes. That would be pushing it. Yes. Three? Even with eating. Unless you're planning to go a really long time and it's a dinner. So. So. And it is pasta. Yeah. Am I metting the wine bottles a little too much? Maybe a little bit. Okay. But yeah, there were two wine bottles. Yeah. And. But it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't get better. It got worse. So. Anyway. Into who? So Abby blows off uh, the Scooby gang to go yeah. to Target practice. And um, she makes she's, me sad. He's, he's going he's gonna to keep it warm for her because I'm going to get meta. Yeah, he is. Um, he's going to keep his, his love, i.e. the cooking that he made uh, her warm. Oh, so it's cooking mean love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there are no phones, so it's cooking. Yeah. Okay. It's cooking. Um, and so uh, Abby is now apparently keeping a journal that she doesn't want him to look at. That, you know, that's not at all there's nothing wrong uh, with keeping journals no but that she's all like weirdly like Damn. there might be something wrong with keeping three that, no there's something wrong with keeping the journal she's keeping oh okay okay yeah, yeah. all right um so we go to joe and he has driven jenny to see her father at some diner <sighs> and I, I continue to not like it and but as you reminded me there is a plot to worry about and we had to introduce daddy mills somehow we had to while i you know, and I guess some people need that kind of pushing. I I still don't, don't think it was Joe's place to do that. I don't either. Because even if somebody... He's, he is um, projecting yep. his own problems onto her. Oh, he absolutely... He even goes out of his way of, like, he continues to make the, the dad parallels in this episode as well. And it's just like, God, okay, Joe, but, calm your tits. But, but, but to quote Weasel from Deadpool... Okay. Maybe it'll further the plot. There you go. There you go. Um, and I think that's exactly why that happened. Um, and so she, she meets with her dad. It's and kind of a... Well, sorry to interrupt. Um, it's, it is kind of a natural progression with the story with Joe and his father being yeah. August Corbin, who was yeah. her pseudo father. Yeah. It's kind of a natural progression with the story. I just... 
don't think it was the right thing to do. And I don't like the the whole later when they're talking and he's like, uh, she thanks him for pushing her. I just, I don't think, I don't like that behavior. Yeah. And I think that's why it sits ill with me. Yeah. They're uh, not going to last anyway. No. And so uh, she meets with her dad and he tells her that she looks like her mom, which she doesn't. Um, well, okay. He specifically says your eyes and your hair. Yeah. He doesn't mention any other facial features. That's true. That's true. Or any other features. Yeah. She just mentions her eyes and her hair. Yeah. And, you know, when you're related to somebody, you tend to see more of... Well, I think he was looking to see his wife. Yeah. Um, Okay, you want to talk about two people who look like each other? You and your brother? Me and my brother. Oh, yeah. Are like twins. You're clearly, clearly brother and sister. Yeah. So much. Um, And so this is when uh, she's about to go leave, but he stops her. And he just wants to let her have her say, basically. And so she tells him, she's like... um, God, I, I pictured this day. I pictured yelling at you. I pictured, you know, because I hate you. And she, but then she kind of doesn't know what to say now that she's actually confronted with the situation, even though she actually did have her say on that front. Um, and so she finally. Yeah, I kind of feel like she said what she yeah, wanted to yeah. say. Um, but then she asks him why he left. And the bullshittery begins because I didn't like any of this. And so he. I didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any me. sense to me because apparently like her, the mom started getting sick and he started to drink, and then they needed medical benefits, and so he joined the Navy, and he did three tours over six years, and by the time he got out, Lori was already dead, and the girls were in foster Lori care. In foster care, okay. Um, my first problem, now, my initial problem with this, because I know you had a problem, too. Yeah. My first problem with this was he explains that they needed medical benefits, and that's why he left. Yeah. These girls believed their father ran out on them. Yep. That's a very contradictory story. Yeah. Because and he to get made medical it... benefits, he would have had to stay married to their mom. And I always got the impression that they divorced because he is remarried. But she was dead. That's true. He can yeah. remarry if she's dead. That's true. I don't even think they need a document for that. Yeah. Other, you know. She did. So. And then I had a problem with the fact that. The like, military wouldn't. Wouldn't let him out to take care of his two underage children who are now in the foster system? Yeah. Like, so that's the story bull- hold the story holds no water. That's bullshit. There's two different sides, right? Two different points. One I made, one you made. No, nothing. Yeah. It holds no water. There is no puddle vision. No. In his explanation. None. Whatsoever. None. Okay. Um, which puts a bad taste in my mouth even more when it comes to this character. Because now I'm like, well, oh, I just you think abandoned your family even worse than I thought you they're did. They're introducing him terribly. Yeah. I don't like him. If he's supposed to be an empathetic character, like, mission not fucking accomplished. No. And also, are we supposed to believe that Ezra knows nothing? That he's a quote-unquote innocent? I don't know why they bring him. Or he's a muggle? I don't know why they'd bring him in. Exactly. But because that's what just, they're leading us to believe. they're just crowding the story with he has nothing to do with the supernatural... No, they like, do some something. When he talks to Abby, he kind of sounds different, but... Yeah. Um, and so the crux of it is that he wants to see Abby, which I kind of thought was kind of shitty. I did, too. Like, have your visit with Jenny. Yeah, it seemed to come up awfully quickly, but we only have... Like, you're not the sister I want to talk to. Yeah, that's how it kind of felt to me, too. Yeah. But... We have a 43-minute runtime. Yeah. There's only so much episode we've got. Yeah. And at the same time, expressing that he wants to talk to her sister, too, is supposed to 
oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Endear us to Endear him. him to her. Him to, yeah. yeah. Or to the audience or something. Yeah. It, f- it fell flat, though. Yeah. Because I don't like him. And I like that actor. I wanted to like Ezra Mills. I did, too. And so, um, <sighs> this is when we go to Abby at the Tired Range. of not liking people on this show. I know. So when we go to Abby at the range and um, and we see she sees like flashes of her ordeal and she's like thinking through everything that happens all episode, I think. Yeah. And her shots are way, way off. And of course, fucking Reynolds is there because he can't seem to take a shit without Abby. OK, now on first watch, because we were texting and I tend to look away. Yeah. And at first watch, I thought she met him there on purpose, that mm. they were kind of like. You didn't hear it was a like, we're both here. Cause a, we're both yeah, I thought I kind of thought it, that she purposely went there to meet with him as a, and that he, she had ditched oh. the the Scooby gang. Yeah. You see how? Yeah. Yeah. That was worse. I'm glad that is not the case. But no, apparently she was there and he was there at this just happened to be there at the same time. He did say I should have looked to see if you had booked time, which makes me think he did look. I don't trust anything he says that she had booked time and showed up on purpose. Well, she's he's a lying liar. Who we lies. know he's watching him. Yeah. Her. He he's watching her. I don't like him. His pants are on fire. His pants are so on fire. Well, and he says um, he that doesn't want to throw away everything they've worked to build. You're too important. Yeah. yeah. It's the secrety thingy that he's not he, talking about. He talks about his grand love admission and that he's like, <gasps> I didn't intend to tell you, but he did mean it. And he wants to have a good relationship with her because uh, she's important to him. And um, he tries to get her to go have pancakes with him, and she's like, "No." If you want to be a diva about it, oh, that pissed me off. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, he may as well have told her to smile. It, and you know how I get about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, and I put in my notes, uh, he tries to get her to go eat pancakes with him, but she's not dumb, nor is she interested. So yeah. Because she's not. She's not afraid of horses. He just needs to go away. Yes, he does. Um, and this is when she gets a text. Now, see, if he just disappeared and never came back. I'd be totally cool I'd with be that. fine with that. Yeah, I'd just be like, whatever. Um, so she gets a text from an unknown number, and it asks her to come somewhere alone to save lives. Okay, can you block your ID on a text message? Mm. I was not aware that was a thing you could do. Oh, actually, you probably can because, okay, I, I have a story to tell. Um, I work... In IT adjacent, and so a lot of the server engineers, you know, are, are friends of mine. And I was getting these weird texts on my work phone, um, which I just use for work email. Um, and so I've gotten weird texts before, Some whoever had my phone, whatever. So I started getting these, like, really suggestive texts. And I work, and it's great, because I work uh, right next, the cube next to mine is a gay guy. And he finally was like, well, you know what you need to do. Ask him if uh, if he can take a 12-inch cock. <laughs> and I was well, like, yes, why? Of course you would. And I was like, yeah, that's great. Because if it's some pervy dude, bro, that would completely put him off. And so um, finally, like a couple hours later, this guy comes downstairs to see me. And he's like, he's like, I had to, wh- Why? Why did you do that? He was masking his number. There's an app where you can send text messages from random numbers. It was like some Wisconsin area code. He was just fucking with me. And he was like, oh, my God. And when he found out that my cube mate told me to put that in there, he was like, oh, my God, that's even better that he came up with that. Um, 
that's a great story. He was like I, was, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with a good enough reply for that. Um, <laughs> he was sitting in his desk, flustered. He probably was, and turned bright red. Oh, you know it. And so, yes, you can like mask. So I'm sure you can probably do unknown. But it was complete. I don't. Yeah. It yeah. just kind of worries me because now I'm worried that I'm, I'm going to start getting these texts. These unknown Because texts. if it happens on TV, it's going to happen to well, me, right? Yeah. Um, because it's fucking Nevins and he summoned Abby to the backlit woods. But she actually goes and she, she goes alone? Of course, because we have poor judgment. What is rule number one? Don't split up. Don't go alone. And of course she does. Um, and she goes into the backlit woods where Yay! God knows... So many shenanigans have been perpetrated. Kind of missed the backlit woods. <laughs> well, we got him. <laughs> um, and so she promptly cuffs him. And um, That's why the Kidron came back, so we could have the backlit woods there again. There you go. There you go. And so she cuffs him, and um, he shows her the dead cop. The dead what? The dead cop. Oh. Uh, That's not what I heard. Okay. <laughs> it was not a dead cop. Um <laughs> poor well, chicken i mean part of him that was. poor chicken <laughs> and so she tells her uh or he tells her that um this monster did it and um it can only be stopped with his help and i'm like right away i'm like why didn't it kill you bitch and now we later we find out well now we know um and so it turns out that they have taken um nevin's down to the masonic cell at um, least that part was smart yeah and so joe examines his wounds and jenny's there just basically sassing um, That's what Jenny does best. It really is. And she's quite good at it. And um, so Nevin's bitches about how Pandora took her pound of flesh literally. And she removed his spleen. And he's got a nice nifty scar to show for it. And um, this is when Abby and Ichabod are watching from the other room. Like the inter- what I would consider like the interrogation. The cop side of the mirror. Yeah, because he can't hear. Apparently he can't hear them, but they can hear him. Yeah. And so um, they're... Uh, from what Nevins is telling Joe and Jenny, all his friends ran away after he was arrested. Nobody wanted to help him. And so he wants uh, the Scooby team to get him out of the country. And Jenny's like, uh, yeah, bitch, we'll, we'll take care of this without you. And he's like, no, you won't. You can't fight it without me. And so we go to uh, Ichabod and Abby talking, and Ichabod wants to try one of Washington's interrogation techniques. And my first thought was... Betsy fucking Ross. But he says Washington's techniques. Well, I know, but I thought it was going to be... Well, we thought we were going to get Franklin last episode and we got Betsy Ross, so I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but we didn't get a Betsy Ross flashback. I was so happy. What? 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 Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was nice to not have her crammed into this episode and me have to look at her. She, there was, she was represented later. Yeah, she, she was. Um, and so Represent. Abby, represent. I'm fine with that kind of representation. Okay. Um, and so Abby's like... Um, they come in and Abby tells him that, you know, we might cooperate if you cooperate with us. And Ichabod brings him this huge ass plate of food. Mm. And then all of a sudden we're upstairs food. in the archives, which made no sense to me. And Nevins is devouring his food and it's kind of gross. And then Sophie's there And all Sophie's of a just suddenly there. Okay, here's my theory on why Sophie was suddenly there. Yeah. Because Abby says to him... We'll help you if you help, you know, depending on the the info you give us. Right. Um, and but I think part of this, uh, the Washington's interrogation technique is the feeding him the they take him into a more comfortable uh, surroundings. Yeah. But my theory as to why Sophie is there is because Abby also says, if you screw with this, we'll turn you over to the FBI immediately. Yeah. So Sophie is there to immediately take 
uh, possession of Nevins yeah. should he start to screw them. And I think it might be kind of an intimidation could be technique. Um, but again, I may be giving the show too much credit. It could be that these were supposed to be two separate scenes and they were just cut for whatever again, reason. Again, we could be giving him too much credit. Yeah. So, um, but so that's she, the only reason I can figure that's why Sophie's just, whoop, yeah. here I am. And she stops the creepy eating show um, and throws the rest of his food away. And um, he tells them the story of the creature. And it turns out that when he was in the first Iraqi war, he heard of a cache of Iraqi gold in a cave over the border. And so him and his platoon took this covert mission to go steal them some gold. And Corbin was there. And um, they found the gold, but they also found this weird monster in a loincloth. And it kills everybody but Corbin and Nevins. But Nevins managed to get some of the gold out. And Corbin saved his ass and promptly punched him. And yeah, so you get the feeling that Corbin is still on the side, was still on, was on the, well, he goes in and he's more worried about the perimeter. Is this a trap? Is there booby traps? And Nevins calls him the resident nursemaid or something like that. Yeah, Worry so you, you or, see this relationship between the two of them yeah, in yeah. that light where Corbin's the boy scout mm-hmm. and Nevins is the bad boy. Yeah. Okay, that I ship. I know you do. And we have more evidence for that later. Um, and so Nevins wants to go through Maybe Corbin's- an unrequited? I think so. Okay. Um, Nevins wants to go through Corbin's files. Yeah, and he Joe's, does. Joe's like, um, oh, God, you just made an innuendo about files. I love you. <laughs> Sorry. That's why we're friends. I'm not um, And Joe's like, nothing like you described is in these files. We've been through over and over again. And Nevins is like, ha And so that he has them uncuff them, and he goes, and there's a secret and he drawer. he does it like it's a magic trick or some shit. Yeah, there's, there's a secret drawer, and he's an ass about it. And I really, like, thoroughly dislike Nevins. Uh. And I'm I'm really disappointed that nobody has figured out the secret compartment before. Yeah. Though I am glad we finally have a callback to the files, which we almost haven't seen since the beginning of season two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So that was nice. Um. So it makes me wonder where's Washington's Bible. Who the fuck knows? So, but this also shows us that Nevins has had dealings with August this whole time. Yeah. How else would he know? And who? August would have had to have told him exactly that it was there. Yeah. And so it turns out that this file on this monster is the first of his files. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And so we're like, okay. Um, and so this is when Sophie puts the cuffs back on him and um, Ichabod reads the file. And the creature is a demonic ghoul, which is a galu. And you have your hand raised. Um, the Mesopotamian Galu, mm-hmm. which the uh, closed captioning is misspelled, by the way, because it took me about five or ten minutes of trying to look that word up. It's not G-H-A-L-L-U? No, it's G-A-L-L-U. G-H-A-L-L-U oh. is some Indian thing. Oh. It was really weird. I was like, what the? Uh, yeah, because I, I got it from closed captioning. Yeah, it's spelled wrong. And they're wrong. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So, um, it is a thing, but it's not the thing they say it is. Okay. <laughs> it is Sumerian. And Akkadian okay. mythology, which is Mesopotamian, right, right, as we right. all know. Um, and this is straight from Wikipedia. Uh, Galu demons hauled unfortunate victims off to the underworld. They were one of the seven devils or offspring of hell of Babylonian theology that could be appeased by the sacrifice of a lamb. There you go, Joe. Oh. There's your sacrifice uh, at their altars. Uh, Inanna or Ishtar was freed by Galu demons sent by Enki while she was on a journey to the underworld. An especially fierce Galu demon, the monstrous Asag, was slain by Natura using the enchanted mace Soror. You said all those names. 
I probably said them all wrong. But that's okay. But you said them. Okay. With conviction. Um, <laughs> the word galu may also refer to a human adversary, one that is dangerous and implacable. Okay. So, but that's it. That's the entire entry. Okay. On what a galu so is. So it's not so, what they said it is. Uh, is it a demon? Yes. Well, we're going to confuse it even further because now they're saying that it has a weakness for some fucking golden scarab. Which is which Egyptian. Is Egyptian. So, I, uh, Just, this is... It, it's a so you got a Mesopotamian demon yep. that can only be controlled by an Egyptian. What? Yeah, yeah. So I went to go see if there was anything to do with a golden scarab. If there was an actual thing s- mythology surrounding a golden scarab to see if I could tie it back to some co- sort of Egyptian demon or something. No. Okay. But um, let's see, demonic gold, economic Egyptian. So there. But the Egyptian does kind of tie back to the hidden one. Okay. And here's how. Okay. It's kind of a six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but. <laughs> okay, hit me with it. Okay. Um, and a room, a, a, what they say in Latin is basically gold scarab, by the okay. way. Uh, <laughs> if you look it up, and there, I do have a link to this um, in my Egyptian mythology. Uh, it's the 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 scarab, not necessarily golden scarab, but the Egyptian scarab. Right, is mostly associated associated with a tum, okay, a t u m, who is referred to as the complete one. Oh, as opposed to the hidden one, <gasps> Amun. Uh-huh. There's nothing Norse here, but um, a tum was Yet. also a tum was also considered to be bisexual. Really? Yeah. That's the complete one. They refer to as the oh. the, he, the the he she. Interesting. Okay. Because um, because right on. So I just let me see. So yeah, this random scarab it allows the possessor to rule the monster, and I'm just like whatever at this point. It's just we're just making shit up. You might as well just send him to Hogwarts next episode. Oh wait, here it is. Uh, associated with the creator god, a tum. Link it over here. Uh, the Egyptians called a tum the great Hishi. Mm-hmm. His name meant the complete one. Cool. Uh, I bet these. I bet that one's way more fun at parties than the hidden one. I know, the hidden right? One's kind of a douche. Uh, following his self-creation from none, a tum created his children Chu and Tefnut by masturbating. Wow, that's that's interesting. He embodied both the fem- the male and female aspects of life. Therefore, his semen contained all that was necessary to create new life and deities. Literally, baby batter. Literally. Wow. Which, there you go. So that's a neat trick, and also horrifying. I know, right? God, can you imagine all the Ill- illegitimate chi- kids if everything teenage boys admitted was wow? All right. Yeah, I didn't want to go there, but but yeah, there, I, of course but you I did. did because so all right because I'm such a great person. But I love you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Right. So that's that's that. That's all I could come up with on the monster of the week. Okay, it makes me want to tear my hair out. Awesome. Uh, I know, right? So there's nothing Norse, but at least we have an Egyptian connection. Yes. And the Mesopotamian goes back to the Sumerian from the tablet. Right. Right. <laughs> Still shouldn't be together, but whatever. Oh, my brain hurts. Um. So this is when uh we go to the, these two goons that they are apparently ransacking one of Nevins' storage lockers. And they find it, quote unquote, cleaned out. Ex- Looked like there was still some crap in there to me. But. I know, that's what I thought too. But I was like, that's why I put it in quotes. Because I was like, um, there's stuff there. 
Um, and they can just know by looking at it that it's nothing valuable. Like, I don't know. Um, and so they're attacked by the ghoul. And they did. And that's basically all that happens. That's awesome. And so this is when we go to um, Jenny, who is visiting Abby at the FBI, who is very stressed. And um, she drops the dad bomb. And um, Jenny's like, by the way, I can tell you're different now. But I just wanted to tell you that he wants to see you. And I, and I will say Jenny does handle it okay because Jenny doesn't pressure her. Doesn't pressure her into it, no. She's just like, I wanted to let you know. And she's like, you told me. And yeah, and Abby starts to kind of blow her off, but then she comes back and she's like, what well, did it good feel? on Abby. Yeah, and she's like, what did it feel like what, to see him? And Jenny admits that it was not easy. So I, I thought that was, some that, good, was that. that was some good sister stuff there. Yeah, it was. And so this is when we go to uh, Reynolds... Uh, briefing the agents about the deaths of the two guys that because they think it's linked to Nevins because it was, you know, in his storage locker and all that good stuff. And, and, and Reynolds opens his mouth and I don't give you any stop shits. listening. Yeah. yeah. Um, I literally put in my notes, blah, nobody cares what you have to say, including Abby, who is daydreaming about the symbol. Yeah, because she uh, hallucinates it on the glass or some shit. Yeah. Whoa. And she's like in awe of it. And she's like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm very, very worried. I'm so worried. And so Sophie kind of snaps her out of it, and um, they start to talk. But Abby's Which, like, oh, it's a migraine coming on. Can I just say that Abby accepted Sophie awfully quickly? Yeah. Does that have to do with how distracted Abby is right now? It could very well be. Because I just don't see Abby accepting an outsider into the inner circle. That readily. That quickly. But yeah. I think that just shows how distracted she is. Yeah. Or... I'm giving the show too much credit. Yeah. I really, I'm with you though. I really would have liked to have seen the scene where they're like, hey, we got a new member of the gang. Yep. And so uh, Sophie and Abby talk about the case and Abby leaves to do some investigating and Sophie's like, I got your back. Um, so apparently you can just leave briefings and it's okay. But it's Abby. Yeah. Well, that's true. If anybody could do that for Reynolds, it would be Abby. Um, and so we go to Ichabod in the archives and he's drinking tea and it's great. And he's watching, like, the feed of Nevins from the cell, who apparently is talking to thin air. And Ichabod's very cranky. Because, like, Nevins is, rah, rah, you know, and there's nobody there. Um, and so this is when Abby comes in, and um, she thinks that she has found, this was kind of nebulous to me, the, the reasoning behind it. There was, like, a customs record for a stolen scarab? It was a missing, it was a... Missing. It was for a. It was a missing artifact. Like it didn't make it. Like it was on. The, like I, I'm. I'm thinking that it. Like it was on the manifest. Oh, but it didn't make it through. But it didn't actually make it through gotcha. when they got to when it got to customs. Like on this side and or so something. There was a and it was missing. So there was report filed. Uh, okay. And Randall is the top suspect. Yes. Convenient how all that all worked out. Yeah. And so they're like, ha ha, he has it. And so Joe, dun, dun, dun. Joe and Sophie are going to search this warehouse where they think Randall is. And Jenny is there, but she's only on the radio. So I think she's like got the She must be car. doing guard. Um, and so Sophie takes out a thug, which I thought was pretty cool. Again, Joe It was kind of Black widow Yeah, and Joe continues to be saved by women, which is great. Which I love. I'm fine with that. And so... Um, then but I, I do have to point out, Sophie would have put her hair up. She would have. None of this hair down business. No, no. When you're when you're when you're, when you're going when you're going into a situation like this, yeah. you put on your army boots and you put your hair up in a ponytail. And that's Hello. one thing I've always loved about Jenny. Is she her has hair is her always hair up. pulled back. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Um, but they are interrupted by men with guns and Randall. And Randall threatens them. 
Um, and they're like, we know about the scarab. Da da da. Because they there's this crate in the middle of the room that they're like, oh, it's in there. It does look coffin size. It does. And um, Randall's like, I don't know what he's talking about. In the case, just, he doesn't. And <laughs> the case just has money in it. And they're like, oh shit, we made a mistake. And of course, the ghoul comes in at this point. And Joe is just so ready to tell anybody everything. <laughs> he's just all he the time. Is. He just. Blah, 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 oh blah, my blah. god, he is. He's such. A, he is such his father. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a little boy scout. And um, so this is when the ghoul comes in like a wrecking ball. And did nobody see that thing coming up behind them? This whole warehouse. Joe didn't see. Sophie didn't see. His his backup guns didn't see. I'm like, what the fuck? I know, and he's able to run up behind him and just punch a hole in his chest. And so very alien style. I know. And so Randall's dead, like super dead. Well, that's one way to get rid of a character. Yeah, but at least we don't have to wonder where he is. There you go. There you go. Um, and so Joe fights it, and um, Sophie shoots it poorly, and it doesn't it doesn't work. No. Um. It beats him off like nothing, but something calls it away. It hears like some kind of a high pitch something, and it kind of does the dog ear cock, and it runs away. <laughs> no, the cock's dead. Yeah. No, the head, the head cock, Missy. <laughs> Missy garbage. You know, head. I'm going to run with it the rest of the podcast, right? It's true. Okay. It's true. Um, and so Sophie thinks that Nevins is the only one that can be controlling the ghoul, and they're like, but she, and I like because you see her work it out. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, it has to be Nevins, but we searched him. And this is when, I think it's Joe that realizes that the scarab is in Nevins. Mm, because of the, mm-hmm. on Nevins. It is Joe that, but to see the two of them work it through it was together, cool. it was a better logic leap than most we yeah. see on this show. We saw some foundation on it. And so this is when we see um, Abby driving them away, or Jenny driving them away, and she calls Abby. And um, they're trying to tell Abby what's going on. And Nevins is there, which apparently they've taken him out of the cell because he's in the archives with them. Yeah, they were feeding him again or something. And shit. Uh, Nevins is like, hang up the phone. That and wasn't he's creepy. Su- he's super creepy. Um, the call's coming from inside the house. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what happened. Um, and so apparently he has the scarab in his handy dandy new carrying pouch where his spleen used to be. <sighs> and it's gross. It's oh my super God. gross. Okay. Okay. Open a mm. Mm. Okay, all right. I'm trying to get past it. So he found the scarab in the cave and he's had it ever since. Yes. Um he cuz he stole he tells him the real story at that point. Um he uh the for real for real story. The for real okay. story that we know cuz okay. God knows he lies. Um he found the he broke away from the group and found the scarab in this cave when he was by himself and he's approached by the ghoul and he really quickly realizes that he can control it. <laughs> and um he used it to kill the rest of his platoon aside from Corbin. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why wouldn't? I wonder why, why did, we spared Corbin. Why didn't we kill Corbin? Mm-hmm. The guy who who really probably would be the one most likely to make trouble for you. Mm-hmm. But didn't. But didn't. Do with that what you will. But yeah, I was like. Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. I will. Uh, <laughs> but it also shows that this was the start of August finding things and Nevin selling them. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But somehow they stayed in touch, and August never turned Nevins in, even though he was a sheriff, and something had to have been going on. Yeah, yeah. For August to have not turned him in, and then for Nevins to not turn against August. Yeah. And, I... Yeah. And so, he says that Pandora may have summoned the creature... Which is, I guess, why it's in Sleepy Hollow. So could Nevins not have summoned the creature? I don't know. I guess from Iraq. I, maybe his, uh, 
whatever. He had the scarab. Why couldn't he? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Nevins has had this ghoul under his thumb all these years. Why was he not more successful? He can just kill Well, both. he was fairly successful, though. Well, that's true. He really but, was because everybody's wanting to take over the Nevins. Uh, yeah. Empire. Or whatever. Empire. Yeah. Like even Randall's like, oh, all hail Nevins. Yeah. So. Whatever. Anyway. But so he controls it. And um, apparently Corbin was a finder of tombs and creatures over the years. And Nevins wants this file to sell it to somebody. And I'm like, whatever. Sounds fake, but okay. Um, And so the ghoul comes in and uh, this is where I was like, I don't know what's going on. Because he relinquishes control of the one thing that controls the monster and he puts it in the monster. He puts it in its chest. And I'm like, I don't know how that works. I don't know what that did. He didn't even say like, oh, now he's like a super ghoul. Okay, I get, I think he did it so that Ichabod and Abby couldn't get the scarab and be in control of the ghoul. But he's proven he but, can control it from long distances, so why didn't he run away with the scarab? I don't know. Like, it makes no sense. I don't know. And how can he control it if he doesn't have it? Yeah. 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 And he's like, I've I got- know. I tried. I got halfway there, and that's as far as I got. And he's like, I've got one more trick to show you. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what that trick is, though, because you didn't explain I it. I don't know. I don't see how that's a party. I don't see how that's a party. Yeah. Natasha's <sighs> right. She usually is. Um, and so he sicks the demon on him and then he leaves and nobody knows how that works. Um, and so shooting it, of course, does nothing. And cause Sophie already shot it a lot. And, um, Ichabod decides it's going to distract it while she goes for more ammo across and, the room. And Crane does use the Betsy Ross flag as he a does. weapon. So there's, there's our Betsy Ross nod. And I'm fine with that. that like, see, that's a great, to that. that's a fine one. Yeah. Um, so he attacks it with the flag and they run off into the tunnels and Ichabod decides that the scarab on its chest is a weak point. Logic leap. And he tells Abby to... <laughs> There's the logic leap we're used to. Yeah, he's like, now you have to shoot that scarab, which is a tiny target, which she was been struggling with. And oh my gosh, it ties it together so nicely. Aww. Um, so we go to Joe and Jenny and they hit the tunnels to find Nevins um, while Abby and Ichabod run away. <coughs> Run away. And um, they're attacked <laughs> again. And Abby doesn't think she can hit just the scarab. And Ichabod tells her that she, he's like, you have this. Um, and she's able to make the shot. And yay. Okay. Um, if I could just stick this in here real quick. Sure. Uh, I kept trying to figure out the whole scarab thing and why it was sitting on his chest. Like, like what, what does that do? Yeah. Is there, what is the scarab? Okay, well, you know, the scarab uh, was the symbol they put in their tombs, the and they would take it to the other world to pay for the weighing of the the often, heart. And uh, so it was put on their heart. And they, they would often weave it into the wrappings as a pectoral. Much like the uh, coins yeah. put on the eyes uh, to give to the, yeah. for, to, to pay for passage across the river yeah. Styx. Uh, so it, it's much the one and the same. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but it's a Mesopotamian ghoul. So yeah. he's not going to get weighed. Continues to make my head hurt. Okay. Anyway. Um, and so, uh, so this is when Sophie joins them uh, just after she makes the ghoul go bye-bye. Because of course she makes the shot. Of course. Well, Ichabod's life was in danger. Exactly. Of course she made the shot. Of course. And so uh, Sophie and Ichabod talk about the relative cuteness of the ghoul in res- in relation to all the other monsters they fight, which I thought was cute. Um, well, and, and that's the scene in which I've decided that both Ichabod and Sophie are bisexual. Yeah. I like that. I'm fine with that. 
Sudden head cutting. There it is. Um, and so Nevin's, uh, for, and this was not explained to me adequately either. Jenny's kind of like semi-conscious all of a sudden. I think he had her choked in a chokehold, and maybe she just lost too much oxygen, ox, um, air. Because I was like, because at first I was just I don't like, no. Because on the first rewatch, you know, I'm I'm p- paying partial attention. I'm texting you and yelling about things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just thought he just had a gun to Jenny's head, but. On the rewatch, I was like, oh, well, she's kind How of like How was she wonky. swoony? I think he cut, must have cut off her air supply yeah. or something. And so he's taking Jenny hostage, and he taunts Joe about hating Corbin. And Corbin was a saint, da 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 And Joe's like, yeah, you loved him. Yeah, that's what he said. I heard it. And uh, he he did. <laughs> he said, you know, you loved him, and I loved him, and you want, da da no, he's You want his approval more than you're willing to admit. Yeah, he used the L word, though, because um, I wrote it down. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure, yeah, Nevins was in love. Yeah, and then Nevins drops Jenny and he runs away. So that. Leaving Joe to cradle Jenny in his arms. <laughs> well, you know, she's done it enough for him. Uh, so That's true. Jenny wakes up in her trailer and Joe is there and they have a little moment and they talk about the fact that I don't Nevins even care. I don't care. has this file. I don't care. And we're like, okay. This, this scene was not necessary. It wasn't. And she thanks him. See, this is where it bothered me. She thanks him for pushing him to see her dad. Or pushing her to see her dad. And I continue to not like it. I would rather have seen the scene where they explain Sophie to Abby than this. And so apparently Joe's over his daddy issues now, too. So, there's that. Um, And so this is when we go to another dad. uh, Abby. She meets with her dad. (laughs) And uh, she wants to know about her mom's illness. Okay, so I want to know. Has Ezra been sitting in that diner at that table this whole time? Yes, he has. Okay. Because he's okay. exactly in the same spot. They have really good pie. I okay. mean, I don't know what to tell you. Apple <laughs> pie with ice cream? Yeah. There you go. Oh Soupy my mess? God. He can't have pie. That's Corbin's thing. I know. They have cake then. I know. Um, and so this, she just wants to know about her mom's illness and how it manifested itself. And I had an aha moment. Aha. She thinks she's just going crazy like her mom. Yeah, that's it hurt more now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my, we both were like, oh, oh that's what that is. No, and so, baby. So he talks about why he ran away. And she says that um, in that horrible way that Abby has of half joking, half I'm being completely truthful. She's like, maybe it's the Mills woman, women's lot in life to die crazy and alone. Mm-mm. And I'm like, oh, baby, please don't. Please Mm-mm. don't. And so he tries to dad her, and um, she tells him how she used to love his voice, and she's very, like, all verklempt. And he's like, oh, I really want to help you. I can see you're struggling with something. And she's like, she blows him off, which I thought was good. And she's like, I have people now. But she isn't talking to them. No, she's She says, not. I have people for that. And I'm like, but you're not talking you're to them. not telling them things. And so this is when um, we get the, F- the FBI director calling uh, Reynolds. Who has apparently been avoiding him. And uh, word has gotten out that Abby's uh, not completely stable. And Reynolds assures him that she'll that she'll be fine. And um, the director tells him that he wants the search for Nevins to be downgraded. Not shut down completely because that's probably would, you know, send about 900 red flags. But um, and Reynolds is like, oh, did I hear you right? And he's like, yeah, click find out that the reason he did that is because nevins is with him in the car um and he is getting him out of the country and giving him money and all this other stuff in return for corbin's file so jack walters 
has the Corbin files. And it has, and I quote, the exact coordinates of the nine sacred sites, whatever the fuck that means. I tried looking up nine sacred sites. Um, I kept finding websites giving me listings of nine sacred sites. And I'm like, okay, but we know where these are. Yeah. So I tried doing uh, Egyptian nine sacred sites. I came up blank. I tried Norse nine sacred sites. Came up blank. I think this is a case of the writers pulled something out of their ass. Oh, no. Yeah. They wouldn't it's do that. It's really hard to Google that. Something Sleepy Hollow writers pulled out, pulled of, their out of their ass. I'll try that next time, though. Yeah, you should probably do that. There's okay. probably a wiki now at this sure. point. Sure. Okay. Um, and so... Actually, I think the Sleepy Hollow wiki got abandoned. Oh. It's not being updated. Last oh. time I looked, which was several months ago. Oh, that sucks. So, yeah. Um, and so this is when... Uh, the and director... I wasn't about to do that. Yeah. The director, um, he now has the file, so he just shoots Nevins in the head. Is he a director? The FBI director, yeah. Is he, a, is he an FBI? He's listed as director, whatever, whatever. Jack Walters. Yes. Oh, see, they never tell you that in the freaking show. He's listed as... Uh, but yeah. in the cap... Mm-hmm. Yep. And Why would they explain us things? Uh, of course not. They just... So he's... So Nevins is really okay. So I just want to say that I called it that Nevins was not dead. You did. You you were so I totally so said called it. that. But and you now that back during the hiatus. I did, but he's dead now. Yeah, he's really dead this time. Yeah. Okay. Unless somebody I accept it him. now. Unless well, because you never know. <laughs> well, death is dead. <laughs> there so. You go. Um, and so this is when Ichabod is making more sad food, which really just confirms that when the he's Charlie sad, Brown sandwich. When he's sad, his food is sad. And um, Ichabod, uh, Abby, Abby comes in to him eating his Charlie Brown sandwich, and she's like, I'll make you a proper one if you'll help. And it was really cute. And um, he wants to ask her about all her shit, um, but she's very much like, uh, we're not going to talk about that right now. And he's like, okay. And he's like, okay. Hey, he's respecting her space. That's true. She should be talking, but he should be respecting her space. Because just yelling at her and telling her that he wants to know what she you know, knows is not going to help. No. Um, instead, they are. They decide they're going to go have a beer and hot wings. Was I not just saying? Yeah. That I missed the bar. Yeah. When they brought up the bar, and I was yeah. like, oh. And they're like, oh, Jenny's tending bar at Maybe's, and and Abby's like, oh, that's great. Um, give me about twenty minutes, and I got a little work to do. Go I, get us a table. Except for that, she goes to the shed. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. She sends him to go get a table. Yes. Is he walking? Oh God! Is he? Is he still walking he around can't town? Have his own vehicle. Like I, I can't imagine that she has bought him a vehicle. Oh, okay. God. Maybe she lives within walking distance of Maybe's, which God, would be really cool. So. Um, but anyway, she goes out to the shed. She goes out of the shed and she worships the big ass version of the symbol. And she says something like, "You saved me. I'm yours." That's exactly what she says. So. Okay. I have something too. So, okay. wait, is that the end of the episode? Yes. And, oh, and the symbol scribbled in, on in, all throughout her journal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the whole journal. Uh, but, okay, that's the end of the show. So, my, and, and this just came to me when we were doing feedback. Um, what if the Norse Pantheon is good and they did aid her somehow that we're going to find out later, even though Ichabod's the one that had to get her out? Interesting. And... It's going against the other pantheon. The Egyptian pantheon? Yeah. Interesting. Norse good, Egyptian bad. Well, Abby could not be descended from Norse. Right. She's not quite pale enough for that. Well, that's true. But um, as far as 
deity because that's the only reason I can think of of them bringing in an entire another pantheon and a Norse okay. symbol. Let me let me help you. Okay. What if we're reading too much into the Odal symbol? Probably. Because we do tend to give the show too much credit. Yeah. What if the show is not using an Odal symbol? What if the show created a... They think they created a symbol. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They, they created the symbol from the Egyptian pose. Yeah, because Because she, Abby does... She crosses She does arms. the pose, which, which I'm sitting here thinking... Boy, for a Norse symbol, that looks... That looks awfully Egyptian. Awfully Egyptian. Because once she... But once it's she, a Norse symbol, but she looks like this. It's very Egyptian. So what if... Her arms. So what if they created the symbol from the pose, not the pose from the symbol? Oh, God, that makes it even worse to me. Which would mean that <laughs> the... But see, that throws the entire Norse mythology out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And it... it helps the pro- it solves that problem as much as i would love a thor and loki um, i know it won't be the ones i like and it will and well we have some feedback anger on, me on, probably on there. so but you see what i'm saying though yeah. what if we're reading too much into what if it's not the odal symbol what if it's just a symbol of a person holding their and arms a like spectacular that? lack of checking against any any existing symbols so oh my god what if God, that would but be see lazy. that, but that fixes what you're saying. Yeah, it brings it back around. It, it totally makes, throws out Norse. Oh my God! Why would they bring in? So and, that <laughs> takes us back to then we're just dealing with Greek because mm-hmm. Pandora's still around. But at least Greek Sumerian is geographically adjacent to Samaria. Yeah, yeah. And then Egyptian, Sumerian, and Greek. So that yeah. leads us down to three instead of. <laughs> I can't hold my fingers like that. Four. Yeah. Okay, maybe if I just. And Norse way. is such an outlier. And it, and should, it should not, not be, be counted. counted. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I have to say about this episode is the fact that we never came back to the Hidden One in Pandora. There was no scene of the Hidden One lamenting the loss of another creature. Oh, that's good. I like that. And no more my loving. At least for this episode. This, but that's, I mean, but what? We we had one tiny little scene at them in the beginning and never saw them again the rest of the episode. Yeah. We ne- Because, you know, the Hidden One's been collecting these creatures to up his power, so we never... What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I could not even care about them, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I was okay not seeing them again. Okay. Uh, Anything else you want to say about this episode? I want to hit the feedback. Feedback me. Okay, because I know we're running long. Back my feed. That sounded bad. All right. Um, trying to load the email, and it's... Okay, my, don't, do not tell me my computer just locked up. No... Okay, um, we're going to start with Tony. Okay. Um, Who, again, has lots of feelings. So much feelings, and I've had to uh, redact some of it because time issues. Because, dang, Tony, I think you broke a record. Five emails in less than 24 hours. <laughs> Damn. He had a, she had a lot to say. A lot. Um, so, anyway. Um, so, tonight was on point with the action and the acting. Oh, my gosh. Once again, Nicole brought it. Her presence alone in this episode took the show to a whole other level. She was just phenomenal in her body language and how she interacts with each character. She's definitely wound tight, that's for sure. I honestly thought she was going to drop t- drop kick worm tongue, I mean Nevins, <laughs> in the face at that moment. I really thought so, too. He was so skeezery in this. He was really just, was. Ugh. The monsters have been on point as of late. I mean, that was scary as fuck. 
he looked better. He did. Uh, poor Randall never saw it coming and neither did we, the audience. No, nobody anywhere ever. It was invisible and it appeared. <laughs> Sorry, that was my thought. Um, just as I figured, Daniel doesn't know shit and he's the perfect character that usually takes orders from higher up and, usually, and gets killed eventually. We can only hope. Yeah. Uh, that was me. Crane had me rolling with the singing and cooking. Why did it look like a damn Prego commercial? Mama Mia. <laughs> Well, if I buy Prego, will I get him with it? Making uh, th- making that meal for me? <laughs> Only if I can come over. Okay. All right. Well, at least we know what house husband Crane has been doing with his time. Obviously, he's at home in the afternoon, so he has time to watch the chew. <laughs> I had discussed before that Crane and Abby would probably end up having children to continue the witness line, because I think it would be the first time ever that two witnesses come together to procreate. Like I said before, Abby absorbed the power from the eye, and the hidden one will try and make Abby his. Crane will find out about the Odal rune. I wonder if Daniel's tapped Abby's phone. Can Sophie really be trusted? I So many questions. Daniel would had to have had a court order to be able to tap her phone, supposedly. Unless the FBI director does some shenanigans. True. And can Sophie really be trusted? I don't have any reason to not trust her at this point. Yeah, I don't get as any... As far as she's gone. I don't get any weird vibes. And I go no. back to Henry because looking back after we got the big... There were vibes. There were, there were vibes that we should have picked up on. So I'm I'm not getting anything like that from Sophie. Okay. Um, and let's see. And can the witnesses finally get the power so they can start kicking some ass? Please. Fire yes. vision. Yes, please. Uh, next email. Uh, anyway, here's some more information on this rune. Othello rune is a physical representation of our past and our destiny, a reminder of who we are, the crowning achievement of what lies at the end of the runic journey. Othala is a reminder that there is greatness in small things. It means our family, community, and ancestral lands. So there's more information on the rune. Uh, next email is the Ragnarok means final destruction of the gods. So we're going to Ragnarok is the Norse Armageddon, and the witnesses are Armageddon. Thank you, so Loki. it's a it's not a bad it's not a bad tie bad tie. It's really not. Um, Loki. she says Loki. these writers better not screw over the fans by duping them into thinking that the two survivors, which you know are Ichabod and Abby, will repopulate the world by being intimate. Yeah, I'm not doing the whole Adam and Eve thing. Oh God, no, that would be so cheese no. ball tastic. Um, Tony says, from what I read, they end up hiding in the Yzigrel tree, which we do have, apparently, mm-hmm. sort of, kind of. Uh, after everything is gone and end up eating some morning dew, which will spring forth their descendants. Before this happens, there will be the destruction of the gods and plagues and war will take form between the gods, including Odin, Thor, Loki, and others. Then the world will flood, leaving behind two human survivors. Anyways, if this is their way of putting them together without them showing physical intimacy between the two i for one will be disgusted i don't think they're going to go so far as ragnarok oh my god that i think they will prevent ragnarok if anything they'll prevent ragnarok and ragnarok is just the norse apocalypse so i'd be i'd actually be kind of okay with that depending on how they explain it which they probably won't (laughs) which they won't no not at all uh it would once again prove to the audience that the writers as well as fox network have an issue with Ica abby becoming physically intimate we're all waiting for that kiss to happen between ichabod and abby but if they put some hollywood smoke and mirrors bullshit like they've done in the past with interracial romance i will be pissed but Uh, yeah joe and jenny I know, right? Who we got some hardcore handling yeah, in this episode. I, I understand. But it's not 
our two main characters. I know. I know. Uh, to them, this would be their watered-down version of Ikki Abbey becoming canon. And, oh, by the way, I still don't believe that Sophie is the turncoat. Because if you remember, somewhere at the be- before the season started, they were talking about that there was somebody was going to be, a, there was going to be, there's Jenny. a turncoat. That was Jenny with the, with the stone business, because she went to the hidden there's one in Pandora. that, but, yeah, you're right. But I think maybe Daniel's a turn. Daniel is a turncoat. Yeah, he is. He actually is. Yeah. They trust him, sort He's of. A horrible human being. As far as they can throw him. Yeah. But he is, in fact, a turncoat. No, I don't think Sophie is a turncoat. Mm-mm. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. Unless something significant happens to make her. Like or, her parents. Or to make us mistrust her. Like her parents suddenly appear. Yeah. When you are near. Birds like to sing. No, wait, sorry. No, I got confused. Don't, don't quote the carpenters. I'm sorry. Um, and if she is, Clifton never specified to whom she would actually deceive. So I guess That's in a way true. she is kind of deceiving the FBI. That's Not true. even kind of. She is. Um, Tony goes on to say she would be the one feeding info about Abby to the creepy guy in the limo. Or maybe it's Joe. I say this because he was never close to Abby and his return was suspicious. His return, in my opinion, was suspicious. I don't think it's Joe. I don't think it's Sophie. I don't Mm-mm. think either one of them are feeding info to Jack Walters. Nope. I, I think that's what he has Reynolds for. I agree. And I that's think why so. Reynolds keeps trying to... And people like Nevins. Yeah. Because Jack is not afraid to get his hands dirty. He shot Nevins himself. In his car, presumably. In his car. Yeah. Or in a car. Yeah. Right next to him. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Boom. Gun. His hand. Yeah. So he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. No. Um, I think the only reason, in my opinion, Joe's return seems suspicious because it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was writing. Because, um, oh God, what was his name? Holly. Well, Holly just kind of dis- up and disappeared. And they had to bring in another male character. For the for the team, yeah. For the team. To k- try and keep it balanced. Which, now we have three females and two males. So. Totally cool with that. Uh, I just wish one of the males they brought was, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Orlando Jones. I know, right? That would have been That would have been awesome. Anyway. Uh, Tony's last email is titled Ichabod is Abby's home hmm. On another website The meaning of Athala is home So I think that the symbol will continue to glow Until Abby recognizes what's in front of her And that is Ichabod Remember in Sin Eater Arthur Bernard says to Ichabod That together he and Abby will weather the storm And only then will he find his true home um, At the time he thought Katrina was his true home not. But it's been Abby all along <laughs> Now he will be her shelter And I think it's only a matter of time before she finds out Abby is very stubborn So I think part of her is thinking what to do is, As far as confiding in Crane About her ordeal I also believe that Abby thinks she's crazy And that Ichabod will walk out on her like her father did her mom Yeah she does have a lot of trust issues She does she always, and which, makes, so. which makes it weird that boy She trusted Sophie awfully quickly Yeah all right, moving on to Jasmine's email. Hey, Jasmine. Um, she apologizes on the last podcast. I was asking what excuse Team Witness gave to the FBI for where Abby had been, but they didn't say, so I guess it was a non-issue. It's not a non-issue. It is an issue. Because they were investigating her disappearance. Because I, they never gave us, the audience, the explanation no. as to where she was, and now she's suddenly back because at work. Because they thought Crane had something to do with it, so they obviously thought something was hinky. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the hell kind of story it's they gave them to make to be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, so anyway, uh, for this episode, I really like this episode. I found like a, sound like a broken record, don't I? <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. We're glad you like it. I found Nevin's return interesting. They spoiled that Nevins was the one controlling the monster in the promo, so that wasn't a shock to me. Oh. I missed that. I did too. They, I was like, they did? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just, Nevins, Nevins is alive. That's all I cared about. You were just like, ah, I'm right. All <laughs> right. Uh, but what I didn't know is that Nevins was also working for Creepy Boss Guy, or should I say Creepy Jack Walters? No, yeah. Creepy Boss Guy works. Creepy Boss Guy works. Uh, that's probably how he got Abby's number, meaning Nevins. How yeah. Nevins got Abby's number. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really at a loss now about what the FBI wants the, with those files about the nine sacred sites. I don't know so much that it's the FBI that wants them. See, and that, and I think we've we've touched on this. For me, the big deal of this season, the big mystery that I'm concerned about is who is running this whole Abby's being cultivated as an asset thing. It could be an organization within the FBI. So you're thinking like a Hydra situation. Yeah. Like, Hydra I don't think shield. it's the FBI. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's either some kind of, some kind of, it, probably some damn secret society um, that's doing this with their like members. The, like, like the odd fellows that I think Tony brought up. It's it's the assassins, isn't it? They've it already is. introduced the Templars. They got to have the assassins. Oh, I'd be so cool. No, but then, then they would be good guys. They'd be on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she goes on to say, you got to stop spoiling me, Crane. And in all caps, underlined and in bold, it says, Abby's man is spoiling her. Exactly. Because we all know Ichabod is her man because she claimed him. Yeah, she did. Uh, I'm sorry. I just have a lot of feelings about what Ichabod is doing to spoil her. We all do. Yeah. I don't think that their chemistry will fizzle out. They are already married with a line through it. Uh, doing romantic couple things, eating romantic dinners with wine and going on double dates with Joe and Jenny. Yeah. If the writers are smart, <laughs> then the only thing different they have to do is write in a kiss. <laughs> Underlined. Every once in a while. Yeah. Everything else would be exactly the same. Hello? Yeah. There it is, right there. Yeah. I'm telling you, our listeners need to write the show. I know. I would watch that show. I know. I would too. Uh, uh, but I do agree with Joy about Ichabod's kissing face. <laughs> that he looks like he's taking a dump? Yes. Uh, I think one way to solve this, if they don't test it out first with being possessed by dead lovers. <laughs> hey, you gotta take in all the theories. It's true. Could be to not show his face when they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he is gonna have to bend down a lot because... Uh, Abby's quite short, so maybe there's a way to disguise. She could just straddle that. him on the bed. It's okay. That's true. I'm reading way too much. Fanfic. <laughs> hey, you ordered me to read fanfic the other night. I did. So. See, some people are just waiting for the kiss, and I'm waiting for a hell of a lot more. Um, just show Abby's face in the back of Ichabod's head as she runs her fingers through his hair. <sighs> okay. Um, when Ezra met Jenny, he said he didn't think that she would pick up why would he call her after all this time did joe trigger a memory was he trying to contact them this whole time or no mm. yeah they didn't explain how the two of them okay so she like goes and robs his house yeah they never explain how they got in contact with each other that's how did good, that happen that's a good point don't like it um okay she says they really are bringing the horror now aren't they First kindred slicing up innocent women, then the ghoul ripping right through Randall's torso. Yeah, they did kind of step up the uh, the gore factor. Yeah, they have. I mean, I, I did not expect the punch through the chest at all. Alien style. Yeah. Yeah, and I still, but I still don't understand how they didn't see the ghoul. I don't either. Boy, it was awfully quiet. Yeah. Uh, so Jasmine gives me a link to <clears throat> the Norse rune. <laughs> 
God, man, I failed. It's not a personal so failure. Spectacularly. It's not a personal failure. So I've got that link in the website as well. Um, while looking at this website, some of the key concepts for the Othello rune are ancestral, spiritual power, inheritance, heaven on earth, etc. Family, 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 family. Home, family, inheritance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all up in there. Yep. I'm thinking Abby may have gone, may have gotten some special powers while she was in the catacombs, but I don't know what they could be yet. Apparently, seeing a really big glowy rune. Well, and there's in there's the, the rune. The well, then there's yeah. Did she absorb the powers? I also think that Abby may be transporting her mind back to the catacombs, but isn't fully aware she's doing it. That's oh, so like an astral projection kind of deal. Interesting. Mm. For example, when she closed her eyes in the FBI meeting, they did this quick cut to another angle of her face, and it seemed like she was probably dreaming or had been doing something else for a while in her mind. That could very well be. That could very well could be. Could very well be. Um... Jasmine says, I don't think Headless is gone for good. I think they may be saving him for the finale to persuade people to watch season four. Could be. They do have his, his head still out there. The last shot, maybe the last shot of season three is him finding his head and, like, I don't know. Or just the, the imposing figure of Brr. the, in the, in the red coat and. <sighs> the scary one. The scary one, not the little wimpy one. Yeah. The whiny one, which I feel so bad for that actor. It's not I his fault. Too. It's so not his it's fault. It's not his fault. Just like it's not, um, I think her name was Katia. Katia Winters? Yeah, it was not her it fault. It was not her fault, no. It was not, so. She all right. Poorly written. That's all the feedback we have. All right, wow. So, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to send us some feedback... Uh, you can send it to us at, the best way is at randomtpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, it is. But you can also talk to us on Twitter at randomtcasts. Uh, random and you can get us on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Yes, you can. And uh, new, relatively newish, it's only been a couple weeks, we have uh, a Facebook site now. We do. It's uh, facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and if you, you know, if, you, if you're connected to us on any of those social media sites, you can see exactly when all of our podcasts drop. Yes, because we cross-post. Yeah, and tonight's podcast is running late because Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, which speaking of. Um, but, you know, you can also find all of this information on our website at randomtpodcast.com. And you know what else you can find on our website? What? You can find a 10% off coupon code to unofficial natural fandom fragrances. Hell yes, you can. Uh, they are great, y'all. Um, they are them. fandom fragrances sprays, as the name implies. Um, they're made with really high quality essential oils. Yes. They're not perfumes. Nope. Um, and they all, not only do they smell like the nerdy characters that they represent, but... But they all have aromatherapy uh, uses. Yeah, they do. After um, I had some issues with some online social media stuff not related to this podcast, no, I, I, I went and got me some Sam. Okay. Which is for relaxation and helping with happiness. Yeah. Boy, that stuff. This would be Sam Winchester from yeah. Supernatural. I sprayed me some of that. I needed it. It's because they didn't want to put calm the fuck down on the bottle. Calm your tits. Yeah. 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 That don't, no, I don't how know well why. That would come but... across on a Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but some Moriarty would have been good too. Yeah. Because that's for anxiety. For anxiety. Yeah. 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 So you kind of had a. Yeah, I did. I had, a, I had a moment. moment. Sam smells like the woods. It does, doesn't he? It's great. Yeah. And Castiel smells like winter air. Yes. And Castiel is good for colds. Yeah, it is. So that's your Supernatural. And then your Moriarty, they've got the Sherlock fandom. Mm -hmm. They also have Doctor Who. They cover Marvel. They've mm -hmm. got some DC characters. Um, 
Oh, every Disney princess you can imagine. Yep. Go and check them out, guys. Um, it's 10% off $5 or more, and that's one bottle right yeah. there. Yeah. And if you're not ready to commit... They, they do have, tons of samples. They have samples. They will work with you on a custom blend. It's Yeah, they're, they're, they're good people, folks. They're wonderful, and we love their stuff. Otherwise, we wouldn't talk about them. We literally do use the stuff. Yeah. So we wouldn't talk about them if we didn't. So. Yeah, I have like 15 bottles. I know my bathroom counter is just lined with them. Yeah, they're beautiful great. bottles oh, too. They are. They're, they're those the really am- nice amber amber mm-hmm. glass bottles uh, that pr- that protects the essential mm-hmm. oils that they're yeah. made with. Yeah. So, and they're great. So check them out, guys. We love them. You will too. We do. And uh, if you ever get any of them, let us know. Yeah, tell us about them. You about them, please do. So yeah. So anything else? I think I'm done. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.